0: Let's pretend that this isn't advice and I'm Erin and I'm not giving you advice it's it's not advice I can't help myself give advice I don't mean to I don't want to I want you to be able to live your life but I know how to do it I am a huge know-it-all and this is where I practice not giving advice to people except I totally give advice to them I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session. So I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. On this week's episode of This Is Not Advice, I have Nick Libert. Nick is a real estate agent a mogul. Uh, He has a television show called Selling Chicago. And I know him because he sold me my house. It took two and a half years for me to find where I live. And what I know about Nick and what I think you'll take away from this is that drive and ambition is not the only way to do business. Um, I think you'll hear about anxiety and taking care of yourself and also just what it means to really work for the future you want to have. And speaking of which, that's kind of what I do as a coach is to like, get really clear on what your future is and work towards it. So if you have any interest in clarifying and achieving your future, reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. Hey, Nick. (laughs)
1: Aaron, how are you?
0: Oh my god, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, you got to tell people who you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And it's just a pleasure to see you, especially after all the madness of COVID. But just in general, um, you know, it's been a long time. So we've, yeah. you know, in, I see you on social media, but it's not the same to actually interact and catch up. And and I want to hear more about what you're doing. But uh, I'm Nick Libert. Uh, I am a real estate broker here in Chicago. I have been doing real estate for 23 years. This is all I've ever done, actually, since college. Went to law school, thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, like Aaron, learned, uh, learned that that may not have been the highest and best calling for me. But I learned, I decided that actually before I was even done with law school. I did finish. I passed the Illinois bar, but I never practiced. I just had already fallen so in love with real estate. Um, so I've been doing this for 23 years. I own a real estate brokerage in Chicago called Exit Strategy Realty, started it in 2009, right as the real estate market and kind of the rest of the world was falling apart, um, with eight agents. So it was very small brokerage It is now has over 300 agents, uh, all across wow. Northern Illinois, expanded too big. Maybe that'll be something we talk about later. Expanded too big, went into other States, did not have boots on the ground, um, but realized that. Right here at home where I understand real estate and have been selling it and know, uh, you know, know the ins and outs is where my home is and where I best coach. So Aaron, I know you have a passion for coaching and, mm-hmm. uh, you and I are both building our coaching businesses. That is where I didn't think I was going to love managing people is not my thing. But coaching and empowering people and showing them what I've done wrong. Cause I've made a lot of mistakes. Aaron, you knew me when, when I don't think my service was quite as uh as systematized as it is now. And, uh, and you know, nobody's ever perfect, but we're always growing. And I love sharing so people don't have to go through some of the stuff I went through and yeah. we can do a better job than I did. And, and it's uh it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to help other people in an industry that's, that's, Got a lot of challenges. It's got a huge amount of opportunities, but a lot of challenges. So I'm excited to share and, and hear more from you and actually get to see your face. So
0: I <laughs> mean, great. it's it's so great. Well, first of all, Nick, you helped me after how long we looked for two and a half years
1: to find. <laughs> my <laughs> <laughs> but she's really but- fun, guys. She's great. She's very witty and, and exciting. So I, I had fun with you, but it was a well. while.
0: Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I remember we put offers in on so many places. We got outbid by like a thousand dollars or cash offers. And you know, that was in 2012 and 2013 and we're now in 2021. And I hear that the real estate market is, excuse my language, fucking bonkers comparatively. (laughs) It's (laughs) insane. Yeah. What? What the heck is going on? Why is everyone losing their mind over houses?
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is I, uh, I, I always, it's funny. I equate when I first started working with you as kind of as when the market had had bottomed out and it actually statistically bottomed out in January of 2012. And since Mm -hmm. then we've had this, you know, the, the market recovered, you and I both bought. So we're both in our home offices right now, you and I, um, I bought in January of 2012, closed in uh, February of 2012. I'd stocked my place for six months. So, you know, you you and I both are, are you know, we, when we know what we want, we're going to grab it, uh, but it takes a while to find it. Yeah. And that was a totally different market. Since then, you know, what's happened is the properties got more expensive because they were artificially low. That was the, that was, it was crazy. If you bought in t- 2010, 11, 12, you're probably sitting on, a lot of equity right now, which is great because then yeah. Aaron, you and I have the flexibility to do some of the things we want in in life, which is amazing. But the people coming in now, they are interest. Money is so cheap. Money is so cheap, and that is the big driving force. So what I'm coaching my clients to do because I do coaching for agents and I do coaching for clients, and the coaching for clients is. So, you know, slow your horses down a little bit. This is, you don't need that property. Let's not get into these crazy multiple bidding wars because even though money's cheap, you still have to pay the payment. So right. it's, and it's also money is cheap, but then the, your your principal that you owe on the property, you know, if the market does go down a little bit, which we can talk about market fundamentals or overall stuff, I, I want you to to drive this conversation, but uh, it's your show, not mine. But I, I do... I would say, if if you're asking me, you know what's going on in the market right now, I would say it's starting to balance out because this summer was nuts. It was insane, freaking bonkers. Yeah. And I I told my clients, I said, look, this is starting to smell a little bit like 2006 and seven, where the math didn't work anymore. Even with the record low interest rates, you go twenty thousand dollars over asking price to get a property. What if the market contracts in two weeks? Yes, you have a cheap interest rate, but you now you've overpaid. And now nobody wants that property. So it really, it's a balancing act between getting the client what they want and making sure the client understands that what they also need is a decent deal. And uh, I would rather coach my client out of a particular transaction or help them see that there's going to be more properties coming. And right now there are, it's all of a sudden the inventory is up and the um, the buyer showings are down about 30%. And so what that is is, the buyers have kind of bought and the hype is over. And so in the uh-huh. meantime, well, most sellers, not you and I, but some sellers are going out there going, well, wait a second. I can, I can, you know, get a bunch of equity, do something else with my money. Well, money is cheap for buying. So there's opportunities, but you just have to be patient and educated and not every real estate agent feels that uh, mission and not every consumer really cares. They just want to get a house and say that they mm-hmm. bought And so, you know, I want my clients to be of a mindset that this is a serious decision. It's not just a roof over over their head is serious, but it's also this is a financial decision that could positively impact you like you and me um, or negatively impact you if you go in without the proper mindset.
0: You know, it's interesting. I think one of the reasons why I loved working with you is because we had a similar understanding of like, why buy a house? Right. Like buying a house is, yes, a place to live and it is also an investment, but it's got to fit you and it's got to work for you and it's got to be in a place you want to be. And it's not just about like making the investment, it is about how do you want to live? And that's kind of hard to explain to people when you're like real estate shopping.
1: (laughs) It's, I think it got a little easier when the pandemic hit. I think it got a little easier when the pandemic hit because guess what? We got stuck in our houses for six months, you know, <laughs> so you and I, you know, I remember when, <clears throat> when we're sitting there going around and I've always said, I lived in a one bedroom once and there's nothing wrong with a one bedroom or a studio, but you know, I always said, I wanted to be able to, to work from home. Even though I used to preach to my real estate agent, you've got to go in the office. You've got to go in the office. You want the energy and now we have all this technology, like the technology you and I are on today, that we can see each other, we can interact. You can record it and play it back on all your your great podcasts, um, you know, situations. But I've always wanted the second bedroom because I always wanted the opportunity to work from home. And here you and I are. You're, you know, you've got a recording studio in your house, and you know when we work together. It's, you know, I knew that you would use that space someday. It was important to you. Now everybody I think is, is more understanding. Yeah, I can fit in there, but what if I have to live in there? Because we do. Yeah. And, you know, I've had friends with, um, sports injuries with car, they've been in car accidents where they're stuck in a room, you know, for six months. I want my home, my home to basically be everything I need. And so I want to be able yeah. to have that big dining room space. For people, I want yeah. to be able to have uh, the space to work and entertain. I want to be able to space to have my my stupid Peloton, you know, that I love. And
0: I, no, it's not stupid. Pelotons are amazing. <laughs> I
1: love mine, but people make fun of me. I actually had on earlier a Peloton shirt. I'm like, I'm not going to advertise a brand today, but <laughs> we did anyway, accidentally. You don't. That's not. You don't need to spend that much money on a bike, but I love mine, and you know, we're we're, we're fans. But I would have not thought prior to the pandemic. That I would have ever wanted to work out of my house. So the pandemic, yeah. I think, made other people a little bit more thoughtful and intent in, and, and intentional in their home purchases. The way that you and I went into it with our own, and I wasn't as smart as you. You know, Aaron, that you knew what you wanted and you were very intentional about it. I made a couple. I I've, I've made some really great real estate purchases. This one that I live in is one of them, and I made some really dumb ones over the years because I got almost like I was buying it for other people, like for the rush of buying, it was almost like Mm -hmm. a drug. And you get some investors that do that too, that um, your primary residence is all about you. And it's all about where you live because it's your home. The whole other side of the equation, I call that mattress money because you're sleeping there. You're going to be basically over time accumulating money in that mattress if you keep paying down on the mortgage and that you also... The property even just flatlines, hopefully appreciates. I always say, always appre- I don't. I always say you can't say always appreciates because we have had those dips. It's not. It's not a given. But over time, you're paying down on that mortgage, and that property later on, you can rent it out, you can sell it to someone else, you can will it to someone else, you know, or yeah. you just continue to live there. So there's an exit strategy, pun intended, to all that. But then there's also the mindset for investors. There's some investors that are all about the numbers, the same way you and I were intentional about where we wanted to truly live, that it it had to be great space that you could do a multitude of things with. There are investors that come in with, I really want to make sure that I can always pay this mortgage payment.
0: Well, that was um, me too. I was yeah. always like, you, I don't over, I want to, I don't want to overbuy. I don't want to like overcommit. I don't want to undercommit either. So that like in three years, I'm like, I've outgrown this place and I need to get the heck out of here.
1: Cause you may not in three years, you know, if, if now we did, we, we happened to buy it a great time, but you never know what's going to be a good or bad time. You know, you don't want to sit there and go, well, I definitely going to outgrow this in two years. Well then why buy it? You know, there's yeah. a, Um, unless you're going to sit there and say, okay, well then that has to be a rental. Well, then you got to make sure the condo association likes rentals. If it's a condo or if it's a single family home, then it's rental appropriate. And then it's in an area that'll be conducive to renting. There's so many factors. And to finish my thought, because sometimes I don't finish them to finish my thought about, uh, invest investor mindsets, the proper investor will really make sure they can make that mortgage payment, that there's multiple exit strategies for them, whether it's renting to, uh, whether it's selling the building, turning it into condos. And then there's the investors that kind of like some of some of our friends that are first-time buyers that just are so excited to buy they want to buy something. They're investors that get a rush on the buy that, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I bought this building. I was able to slap my name on it. Or, you know, I can tell my friends that I've now I've got a hundred doors. Well, if you've got a hundred doors and only eighty are are functioning cash flow doors, you have a problem. You have a business that's not, you know, that's not running properly. So either way, it's all about taking a breath, realizing what you need, and doing it in a manner that is not rushed and not doing it for somebody else. You got to do it for yeah. you, either as an investor or a homeowner.
0: Nick, what is your big vision for like your business? I One of the things I love about you is how many people you mentor and how many people you bring up. And I know that you have like a TV show and you're just kind of crushing it. So what's your Five-year goal, ten-year goal. What are you trying to do?
1: Well, I've always got. I, mean, I showed Aaron <laughs> before we were on together. I'm not going to do that for everybody else because I think my I might lose our connection. I've well, got. We don't
0: have any video either. So it's- we, can,
1: we can like I've got videos for everything, but if you flip <laughs> this around, you'll see I've got a whiteboard installed in my wall. Now that may be a little crazy for some people, but my friend Brock uh, did that for me. He helps me with my design stuff, and my I've always got a vision way ahead of me and then steps to get there. And the reason why is when I started in real estate, I had no vision. And yeah. I would start out at Colwell Banker, nothing wrong with that company. Uh, but in 1998, I started there. And within three years, I thought I was a hotshot. And I just went and started my own company, slapped my name across the door, uh, and had no plan. And let me tell you about no plan is a plan to fail. I fell flat on my rear end. Um, I started my company. I have great timing. I started my first company uh, uh, when I was independent, before I joined Exit Realty many years later in 2009, before the market crashed, when I started my first company, it was September 4th, 2001. And Shut the, so, I mean, front just door. the week to the day before nine eleven. So not only did the world have chaos, I had no structure to get me through the chaos. I didn't respect my database. And I just, I didn't have a plan for anything. And so that really over time, I realized not only do I need a plan, I also want to have a vision. I want to have Mm -hmm. motivation to get out of bed because, you know, Aaron, you and I have known each other a long time. We don't talk every day by any means, but we both have been through some stuff and I want to be able to get out of bed with a vision. And my vision is, is that I'm not only empowering people through real estate, because this is going to be one of the largest financial decisions you ever make. It can't be your only one. You can't only invest in real estate. Yeah. There's, you know, there's, I, I see some social media posts from realtors, even some of my own at exit strategy. And I'm like, oh guys, come on. It's not the only, you know, it is a great thing. It is absolutely it has to be part of your portfolio, but you can't trash stocks and bonds. You know, that's a whole different part of your portfolio. And my vision is that it's beyond real estate is that it's kind of an overall betterment company is that I wanted to continue to do what we do monthly, which is. We have four key focus areas for consumers. Mm -hmm. It's the same ones for my agents. It's not only real estate, that's an obvious one, but health and wellness, personal finance, charity and community, so that we're giving back to the community. You know, I've had a great two years, believe it or not, the pandemic for some of us in real estate was our best year, two years ever. And so as as shocking as it was, uh, because at the beginning of the pandemic, I sat on the floor of my, this condo and I cried because I'm like, I'm not doing another 2009, 10, 11. I can't do that. But I had a plan and I had a vision. And so my vision is, is that other people can build a business plan can through these events, get some uh, credit coaching, get better health, get better fitness that we're all just trying to, uh, I've got a saying, it's not my saying, but I say it a lot, probably too much. Rising tides, lift all boats. I say that
0: all the time.
1: I really, yeah, I believe it.
0: Well, what I, what I really appreciate about your vision and what I know about you is that you're not actually about making money, for your clients, you're about building wealth and building stability and building a life. And that's what I hear in this, like financial well-being, physical well-being, spiritual well-being. Um how do you take care of yourself?
1: Well, that's that's still a work in progress. <laughs> I always love if I'm if I'm talking with somebody and we end up doing something that goes goes live and goes somewhere, I share it, you know, so my friends are gonna hear this, but, mm, yeah, you need more sleep. But we, we <laughs> no, I want to actually finish the, um, the idea, the five, 10 year vision Sorry. for me. No, 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 I, I kind of trailed off there into, into my whiteboards and all that madness is that, uh, I want to do a entrepreneur center is that I, I want to, I'm going to call it exit campus, but it's really going to be a life campus is that you can come in. Um, I got my re- current, uh, real estate space in 2011. And it's great space. We've been there 10 years. We have two more years on the lease. It's just, I've outgrown that space. Um, I've bought a bunch of property since then I should own my office building, but I want to build something or buy something and turn it into a entrepreneur center where yes, it's my real estate brokerage, but also you can come in, you can take a yoga class. You can take an entrepreneurial class. You can, you know, have a coffee and sit and talk to us. And we could probably repurpose our space now to do that, mm-hmm. but it's not really... 100% what I want, it is a, I want a great event space because I want it to be what we're doing online with these Zooms that we've done. Even before COVID, we were doing live events. And then in COVID, we dove into the Zooms and we're very consistent monthly with them. I feel like I want to bring the fund back to that, but also the community aspect of it, where you can walk in off, off the street and do that. And so that's my my long-term vision is that you look back and you say, okay, Nick and his team, helped me do X, Y, Z, because it's really, it is a relationship. And I always had such a great rapport with my friends and with people like you that I was like-minded with. And it's like, I want to help you. And I want to have fun. Yeah. And I want to, you know, enjoy your, enjoy watching you grow, like watching you, you know, those of you that you know, are on her podcast and, and things regular, you know her story, watching you leave something that you were very successful at, that the world would say you were a success but was not making you happy into something that does was was that that brought me joy. And I hadn't seen you in years. I like those type of relationships. I used to pay for leads, Zillow, places like that. Nothing wrong with those companies at all. They're that's a model. But if you're going to pay for leads, you still have to like the people. I'm
0: going to wait. Hold on that's a model is now my favorite like <laughs>
1: that's a model <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, and, I, and I have agents that work for me that pay for leads and, and I always tell them you know I will I'll I will continue to take leads wherever they they come from but the funny thing is I just can almost feel it when somebody gets in my car the first time whether this is going to be a fit And and, in a long term, but I can can tell you how to buy real estate and I can coach you and hear what you need and I can show you the the properties or sell your property for you. But there's just a natural affiliation with certain people you're of a like mindset with. You don't always know that day one in the car. I shouldn't say it that way, but you do get a vibe. And I got that vibe with you. I get that vibe with a lot of my clients. And when you're building relationships, they're probably in relationship with like-minded people. So Mm -hmm. it's... (laughs) It's really, it's dumb. It's bad business to not care about your clients. It's bad business to sell them a house and disappear or only be about the money. It, it, I always understood that from my friends. I always thought I was a pretty decent friend, but it did not always translate into my real estate business. And I realized why are certain people just joyful clients that send me more clients and that I love this side of my business, this side of my business kind of sucks and I'm not great at it. And I don't, you know, you can just tell you, if you, if you slid my reviews into two categories, you'd realize, oh, these are the people in my sphere. And these are the people that I paid to play with, you know, hmm, something's wrong here. And it's also, it's me. It's not the lead source. It's not Zillow. It's a model, but it's, you know what? (laughs) I treated those people different because I didn't have anything in common with them. And I, you know, you can, there's probably something in those four pillars, health, wellness, personal finance, charity, community, and of course, real estate, that you're gonna play well with somebody in. So you've got. I mean, I, I sat there with those pillars, and I'm like, "There's got to be something for almost all of my clients in there." There's one or two people that are just difficult, but you know, that's every. Jeez. All of us have difficult people <laughs> in our lives. But uh, it's been a it's been a mindset shift. Uh, but anyway that that's my long term vision: an entrepreneurial center, a um, something that brings people together to be a betterment. And yeah, real estate's involved, but it's rising tides lift all boats in all areas of your life. It shouldn't, it can't just be about you and your pocketbook.
0: I'll come, I'll come facilitate a workshop for you guys when you have would that open. I that. Please do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I asked you a question about well being, but I kind of want to get back to this thing that I keep picking up on. So this podcast is called This Is Not Advice. And mostly that's because I'm a fucking know-it-all and I tell people what to do all the
1: time. <laughs> I kind of do so much too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you keep talking about like coaching your clients and coaching your um, agents. What's the difference between coaching and advice for you?
1: So I think uh, coaching and advice, uh, coaching. So the way my method of coaching is i you know i've been doing this for 23 years and i've been on the earth for 43 years at, you know at this point 43 and a half mm-hmm. and i've lived a lot in that time i've had a lot of fun and i've had a lot of misery and i've done i've just done some stupid things and some of them were i heard someone tell me the right thing to do my mom was a great money coach i did nothing that she said nothing that she said <laughs> for years and now that it's like wow she was right she's still right 20 years after she told me this stuff there are things that I did that I don't want anyone else to experience. You know, right before I, I when I met you, Aaron, I just come out of some of the worst period of my life, which yeah. it was, it was tied to money, but it was also tied to life and the life experience around me, not taking care of my body to go back to your mm-hmm. body, you know, not taking care of my health, um, not to, not having any vision or having a vision and not executing on it because I was sleeping until 11am, you know, that, I didn't do the miracle morning routine. I didn't understand the compound effect where, you know, I, I try to, you know, diet by having a drastic change in my diet that was unsustainable. And that's, you know, we, we've started talking about doing this, this, um, conversation prior to me putting together project X and project mm-hmm. X was a, a really a slap in the face of I've never had as good a year financially as, or two years as the past two years during the pandemic. Sales were way up. My profit was way up. Um, but I was miserable. And that was a, almost like with your law career. And it wasn't that I stopped loving what I love real estate and I love my clients and i love doing these consumer events because they're different and it's fun. And we, we do help people in, in all areas of their life for at least those four focuses. But what I created around me was a unsustainable environment of the grind. We glamorize the, gl- the grind so much. And I'm,
0: Oh my God, I, the grind is bullshit.
1: <laughs> it is, you know, and it took me all the way till this summer. And, you know, I've not shared this. I think it's not, it's people know this, but it's not, it was not on my Instagram where you know, where I, you and I see each other most, none of my Instagram that I got a different car. Now I used to be loved and I still love to share success because I think, sometimes, you know, you sit there and you're like, okay, that person, how do you know that they're successful? Unfortunately, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to humble brag or self promote, but you didn't see that got a new car. Cause I totaled my car in February and on, what my, happened? Way, uh, on my way to a client of mine. She, she may listen to this. She's a good, great, uh, great friend, long-term client bought uh, the year before you did lived right down the street from me. I was selling them. Uh, we were going to the suburbs. A lot of people did during the pandemic. Luckily they were not in the car with me. I was not texting and driving It was the middle afternoon. And, but it was like, was I mentally, you know, really present. Mm, Yeah, maybe it, but I, earlier that morning sat there making my breakfast and I thought to myself, God, I just want to stay home today. And I, and I'm like, I have done, I can't remember the last Sunday that I was just able to sit. And I thought, this is, you went into real estate. You went into being an entrepreneur to control your schedule. I can look at my bank account and go, this is amazing. And one of the things the pandemic gave me was the ability to stop, give myself a pause and realize where my money was going out the door, because it's one thing to make a lot of money. You know, There were years that I made very little money in real estate because I was doing the wrong things to get leads and or mm-hmm. and nothing. Uh, to lead generate. Like you as a business owner, we've got to generate leads. We've got to, um, you know, get people into our database and create value for them. But then you also, if you're making money, you have to learn where to save money. And I had not taken the time. I hate when people say, I don't have time. You didn't make the time. I didn't make the time to set the systems in place to save money and create some tricks for myself. Like, Um, my company exit realty, they give residual bonuses. So I get these, I get a lot of residual bonuses from them. I've been there a long time. i built a strong business with them, coaching involved. And I, I cut up the debit card to the bank account that I started putting them into. So I separated them out. So if you've got like a side gig, a side hustle, you're driving Uber, hide that money. Sometimes you have to do it to make ends meet. When I first started getting the bonuses, when I first came to exit, um, Aaron, I think you remember a couple of my team members, I'd sponsor them all into the company. I'd get the, the 10% bonuses. I'd spend that, you know, some, some months I spent it to live, but then I'd spend yeah. it to have fun. And then I learned, well, if I saved it. And so the pandemic, I said, well, wait, if I'm putting it in a separate account, I got to stop spending out of this account. So I cut up the debit card. I threw away the checkbook that went with the account and suddenly have finally a retirement account that looks like how I work the, the level. I mean, you know me, I, I've worked very hard, but. I also like to play hard. And I realized that this, that car accident, the just general, my lack of sleep, my, um, I'd, I was sucking the joy out of my own life. I was my own, yeah. I was my own pandemic. And I realized that it's, it's sometimes it's taking a pause. Sometimes it's, you know, putting better people around you. And I wonder wonderful people around me, I wasn't asking for help. I wasn't leveraging the tools, the technology around me. I didn't make the time to think what I wanted for the first time in my life. You know, I looked at my, one of my whiteboards is my vision board. And I, I looked at it after the accident. I realized I have checked off so much on this board lately. Great. But where, what's next? I don't right. I, I realized, my God, you're running without a vision, you idiot. You preach all day. <laughs>
0: Be <laughs> Watch, nicer to watched my friend all my, Nick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Watch 12 of my videos about vision. I'd run out of vision. And yeah. I was at the I was at the end of the tarmac and jets were, you know, the engines were full, full on. And it was just it was a it was a wake up call. It was a moment. And so, you know, for me, being, you know, in this health and wellness focus. I've, I'm running the London Marathon next weekend. I'm so excited about it. You are? Yes. And I, but I did it this time in a different way. It was. It's not about the time. It's about the part experience. And it's about yeah. looking at, you know, I, I've never been to London except for a layover. And just so I'd never left the airport. That doesn't count. I'm look, doing it to explore, to see. I am doing it with a chari- charity. But it's also, um, I, I'm not going to break my body to do it. You know, if I finish, I'm, I'll be excited. I want to finish, but I'm not going to break my body. I'm not going to break my body to do certain things because I'm not getting any younger. And it's a terrible example for the people around me. The grind is you and I, you know, you said that is a, it's mm-hmm. a, you've got to work hard, but you have to make it sustainable. And so Project well, it's, X is all about sustainability in yeah. your business and in your life.
0: It sounds like that car accident was, so... I love Oprah. Two things. One, Oprah has as many hours in the day as you and I have. So whenever somebody says I don't have time, I like to remind them we have as much time as Oprah and Beyonce and, (laughs) and and then (laughs) people will be like, but they have help. Um, True. They have more money and they have help, but that doesn't mean that like the excuse of time is necessarily a true factual excuse Two. Oprah has this thing where she talks about the universe talking to you and she's like, at first it'll be a little whisper and then it'll be a tap on the shoulder and then it'll be like a brick upside the head. It sounds like that car accident was a brick upside the head.
1: Yeah. it it. You have to really, you have to hit me upside the head with a brick or, you know, total your car um, or almost go bankrupt to make me wake up, and it's it's not one of my best traits, is because I do have a long term vision. I have a passion. Sometimes that passion, that long term vision, gets almost you know, it gets me in, with blinders on, which can be great to be hyper focused, but it also you do need to turn around a little bit. You know, I always yeah. I do look in the rear view. I'm always a big person of you know, learn from your mistakes. But it's also like, do be aware, you know, I'm self-aware, but be aware of what's going on around you, where, you know, we'd go on a trip. You, you and I are social media is great because we do know the highlight reel, at least of everybody's the highlight reel. But, you know, in the highlight reel, I'm on the trip. In the reality of the trip, I've got my laptop with me and I've missed half the trip because I'm sitting in the, you know, the Airbnb, you know, doing my work or X, Y, Z most of the time because I didn't plan ahead, you know, or I was playing catch up or I hadn't delegated or haven't communicated that I was out of town. And it was, again, my own fault, but I, that car accident kind of put that into, well, wait a second. That was, that's, my life is out of whack. Where else is out of whack? Kind of looking around. And so sometimes take your blinders off. It is great to work hard. It is ridiculous to work yourself to into the grave. You know, running, well, there's your, no running point yourself into the it. ground, you know, or into a wall or a tree. there's just no point because it's, you know, if you're providing for your family or if you're providing for yourself and providing a legacy, it beyond that, it's really, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle as well. You know, you've got to live Mm -hmm. this life. You can't just, you're not going to be able to take the certificates and the plaques to the grave. You will take the memories and the legacies though, you know, as long as you can. So that, that sounds cheesy, but it really, it's, this was a, it was a, it was a brick against the head. It was a moment of pause. And um, I'd rather share this stuff, you know, yeah. than, than just well, be like, look at me. I'm great. No, I'm pretty messed up, effed up. But <laughs> I try to learn from it and share from it because everybody, everybody's got, everybody's got something good and everybody's got something bad, you know, about them. That's just human nature. That's, that's meaning. what
0: are what are you doing to like, I, I so as a coach, you didn't ask for this, but this is where I give you unsolicited advice that you didn't yes. ask for. But <laughs> I hear an opportunity for you to take a take on a practice or something to hear those smaller messages before they become bricks. So, how could you do that?
1: Well, that would you like to help me with? <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's here's what I am here's what I am learning is that um, I have preached. Ad nauseum, the miracle morning book for so many years, because it changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got the blinders on where I focused on the activity part of it. I didn't Yeah, not
0: the why quiet. behind it.
1: You know, I didn't focus on the, you know, the the sitting down, the scribing, the what you know, what is your vision? Um, the the silence, you know, <laughs> silence. Oh, miss that. Headphones and ears, energy drink on, getting ready for the run. Reflecting on the run, but thinking, almost making it into a to-do list. Um, yeah. you know I started seeing a therapist for the first time during COVID. <gasps> you and did, I know you were probably. I'm like, so hey, excited for you. And it was, it was one of those things. It was just, you know, I had a couple friends that we were sitting around talking. You know, it's a nice to have a mastermind of like-minded people. That took me a mm-hmm. long time to build, and when it gets built, you listen sometimes, and that was, you know, we had some, we had some feedback for each other on a lot of stuff over time. And I'd I'd had people mention to me prior to the car saying, you know, you need to get more sleep, you need to take a breath. And so what I'm learning, Aaron, to talk about the practice of it is sitting, you know, before before my call with you just now, I did do it coaching for my agents Sunday morning. But before that, I sat on my roof deck. And you you've you've you know, we you you and I have not been to each other's houses. Uh <laughs> we need to get over and and catch up. But Um, My little roof deck is my little sanctuary. And especially after that time, um, I just sat up there, did nothing. No phone, shocking, no phone. Sometimes I bring a little notebook. Sometimes I bring notebook and I just sit up Mm there, and that's when I'm like, just hanging out. It that's when your mind goes in those places of I would really like to X Y Z or I'm really not and sometimes I'll think you know I have not talked to this person in forever I should check in with them stuff that when you're going a mile a minute you're not thinking um, I lost the yeah. art of doing personal notes I used to do uh, personal notes and things like that when when something good or bad happened in somebody's lives and just stopped doing it just got too busy to do that stuff and sitting up on that roof deck, I'm like, when was the last time I wrote a note to somebody, a real handwritten note, even though before we started the podcast, we were talking about how terrible my handwriting is, but um, it's just, there's so much you can do if you just take a moment to pause and I am the worst at it. And so I've basically had a time block as sad as that is to say, okay, if, if I'm going to do i Z, I'm going to go on my Peloton or I'm going to go to the boot camp, or whatever, or go running on the lake before then I want time before then that has no agenda that has mm-hmm. no uh and that's why the miracle morning I love it because it's like get your butt out of bed so early that you can't be bothered by everybody else because by 8 a.m the world's getting at you whether that's family friends co-workers clients no matter what business you're in no business you know you you've got people getting into your world and so if you get up early enough and get that time to yourself you know And maybe for some people that's late night time, it just did not work for me. Um, I find that if I start the day with that quiet time and then some exercise and meditation, which I never meditated prior to ever prior to COVID, that was a joke to me, you know.
0: (laughs) Why do I need to think? I think all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See the cute people. But, you know, that's, it's been, it's been, this pause has been a lot for a lot of people, but it's, there's been some silver linings and things of growth. If you looked for him, you had to look for him, or get um, hit in the head by a brick. To, to. I
0: mean, for me, the brick was like a a breakup that I couldn't recover from. I was like, I mean, I did recover from it, but I just was like, this is ridiculous. I was a breakup. I'm so miserable, and I had this realization that like there was no way that I was gonna like my life if I didn't like how I spent my days. It was as simple as that. I didn't like how I spent my days. I wasn't proud of the work that I did. I happened to be a work-driven person. And Same. so it was really important for me to change that. Because if I didn't change that, I'd go through the rest of my life trying to fill that like void of purpose or a sense of self or whatever it was. Um, so that was my brick upside the head. <laughs>
1: um, sorry, you broke up a little bit there.
0: Oh, sorry. I just said that was, that was just my breakup side. The head was like having that breakup be the realization that like, Oh, I needed to like my life as it was.
1: And you, you know, and you have to, that's that to me was a wake up call when realizing that, you know, I've, I've been, I've always been, I thought experience focused. I would have thought that I would have picked up on that aspect of my life being out of whack that I wasn't enjoying the experiences, but I was checking the boxes, you know, that was, well, I went to that event. Well, I did that. Well, I saw that this person, well, I got that award. Well, I got that certificate. Well, that's in my bank account. And to realize that, you know, it was all working, but it wasn't working for me was a, it was, it was a real blow to the ego too, because it's like, well, wait, I'm coaching other people. And I also was like, well, wait, if I'm telling everybody else to do it this way, and it's, and I'm not giving you the caveats. And I'm not giving you the, the, you know, here's what you need to do in downtime. And I'm not doing any of that either. I'm, pract- I'm you know, I'm selling you some snake oil bills. Yep. So that was just a, it was a, it was a, a slap in the face. And I'm like, damn it, I got a course correct. And so it was a, so it was a, it was a quick course correction in theory, but the execution of it really took through the summer to get, okay. I'm not, you know what? I'm at capacity you're very nice. I don't know you that well. You're going to have to go to one of my team members. You're going to get referred out or this is an event I don't need to go to. This is a, you know, it was, I think we all got, whether you're, whether you had a great year financially, a terrible year financially, we all got let out of, you know, our homes in May of this year of 2021. And I saw people just go rampant, you know, that they were at every bar, every club, every event, every sporting thing they could get into every concert And I just, you know, I'd already been through my like little February incident and I'm going, "Mm, I don't know. So the first couple of weeks, yeah, I went on, you know, I went on the boats, I did this, I did that. And I'm like, okay, my flowers on my rooftop look wilted because I haven't paid attention. I've been on my roof. That's a warning sign. That's telling me I'm out of whack. Um, What is it that tells you that you're out of whack? You know, what is your, what is your warning sign to you? Mine is as silly as it sounds is my plants. Um, I've got an indoor, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, plant nerd plant dad so i've got indoor plants and i got outdoor plants and it's just you know i can always tell when i'm like "Eh, these things do they need some attention i love them that means that i'm not i'm not i'm not present in my own space if i'm not present in my own space that probably means i'm spending too much time in another space
0: so mine, mine is food if i realize that like most of my meals are takeout Or like I order Thai food or whatever for three days rather than like a single Thai meal, you know, like then I know, oh, I'm working too much or I'm trying to like skip steps or whatever in my well-being. And I think the second thing is like my screen usage on my phone (laughs) that if I get that weekly reminder and it's a number I am ashamed of, I'm like, "Eh, time to chill out, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that you know, and I am, I'm also realizing like it's, it's unreturned, you know, you can't return out all, all calls and all messages. I mean, business, I try to, but you know, I do in business, but in, you know, you want to be responsive to people. And if you've, if you've overextended yourself, you have too many incoming things too. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's certain, um, I'm, you know, I love social media. It's great for my business. It's great for personal stuff, but there's a limit to how many venues I can be on and how many times I can do xyz and there's just some days I don't want to do any of it and you know yeah. giving yourself a day off a true day off doesn't mean filling it you know if i if i need a day off i need a day off and that doesn't mean going from working 19 hours to going in sitting at a bar or, you know, with 20 friends and, and don't sometimes it's just, you need to be off, you know, you, you need to be with yourself. And that's a, yeah. that was a, that was a gift of the pandemic that I did not appreciate. till I realized that was what was missing was that, you know, that downtime The cooking yourself a meal, you know, a quality meal that's, I can tell, and I could tell for, in other people how I didn't see it in myself just blows my mind. I can tell when people are maybe they're doing the physical activity that they need to do, or they're, they're doing the, um, the work to be successful, but their life is out of whack by the way, you know, by their sleeping patterns, by their food patterns, by their Mm -hmm. overall quality, you know, what are your relationships with your family and that kind of stuff. And that's not, you know, to say that we all been, you know, I haven't spoken to my dad in 25 years. So don't think I'm judging people that are not, you know, tight with their family. But if you have a family member that you're, you are tight with, or you say you are, you're, and they're sick or something like that. And you're not in communication with them. I was guilty of that with my mom. Like, Oh boy, it's been weeks. You know, she's older. She's not in the best of health. Send her a text, pick up the phone, you know, go visit. If you can't schedule that time to some, for someone that's important, if they're not important to you, then don't schedule time with them. But if they're, if there's in your life, that's important and you can't get time. Um, you know, the summer I was sitting there going, I can't even schedule a date. This is madness. You know, this is just, you know, looking back on my schedule, I was like, that's crazy. You know, so I really had to reevaluate you. And sometimes that means you have to say no. It's it's, A lot of times that means you have to say no. I I had a friend that had a great quote to me when I was starting to do the Project X stuff. I said, well, this is so these systems are going to be in place. So I have to do less and that I can just be, you know, do more with less. And he goes, "Okay, that's great do more with less. And he's a project manager, very, very successful project manager. He goes, here's what you can't do then. And he's goes with me on all these group trips. He's like, here's what you can't do then. You can't create this system that's great and take things off your plate and then put something new on your plate to get some more affirmation or, you know, you can't, if you want more, if you want something off your plate, you can't put something new on it. You know, you can't, if you're telling us, that this, you don't have the quality of life you want. And so you do something to get a better quality of life. You can't add something else in that's going to take away from, that's if the plate was heavy and it's too heavy and you take something off, it, you can't reach in and get it and put another thing on it. And I, I've, I've been realizing that in some of my coaching to my real estate agents, I'm realizing, you know, that I'm saying, okay, you're paying for leads, but you get so busy or you're unstructured and you're not responding to them. If you fix this problem, you can't add a new problem in. You know, you can only add things in, add things in, and add value, not take away. And that, that requires the time, making the time to evaluate and to pause, to see it. If you're working on your business, you know, there's a difference between on your business and in your business and on yeah. your life versus in your life. You know, if you're in your life constantly and you don't sit back and think about, think on your life. And that's what I was doing. I was in my business. I was on my business, but I was not on my life. I was, I was in it, but I wasn't on, on it from a bird's eye view.
0: And I think a lot of that comes back to, you know, we have our stated commitments. Like your commitment is to building your business. And then there's the unstated commitment, the thing that actually drives your actions. And it sounds like some of the unstated commitments were to external validation. Yeah. Or the next thing, or ex- like business expansion, not necessarily personal expansion or well being. But if you choose from a commitment of well being, the conversation's totally different.
1: It's a that, that's you hit the nail on the head. It's if the if you're you've got to figure out what drives you and you becoming more self aware and being honest about that. You know, I'm one of these people that if you give me applause, I'm going to love it. And so, you know, you kind of everybody's got their thing. You know, is it? Is it you winning? Some people they want the win. Some people they want the applause. Some people they want stability. You know, uh, it's it depends on what you're, what feeds you. And you know, for me, I'm a high eye personality. If you've ever taken the disc test, Tony Robbins, they've got a free one. Um, it I, I was eye opening to me to sit back and go, Am I opening new offices to get applause, or am I opening it because it will be a benefit to me in the community? You know how mm. am I going to stretch myself? Are these areas I even understand the contracts in? You know, do do I know these areas? You know, I technically am licensed here. Do I want? Do I want to be there? That was a big thing. Um, when I just I, on my LinkedIn, I just wrote this. You have, you have good you have good timing, unlike me, Aaron. Um, I just wrote this, and it was a hint of the car accident. And I was like, I did, I mm-hmm. say this for you. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think we would go there, but I say this for you. Um, uh, but I did I wrote about taking on too much. And, you know, where do you really want to be? And where I didn't want to be was driving two hours to get to a showing in an area that, yeah, it's a beautiful area. I love Southwest Michigan, but I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to be in South of Michigan, Michigan to go enjoy a beautiful meal, to go look at boats, to go sit at the beach, not to sell houses slammed back to back and then drive an hour and a half or two hours home.
0: I mean, this is just, this is a total assertion, but it sounds like you tried to open an office so that you had a reason to be where you actually wanted to be that had a purpose rather than just like the reason being, I want to hang out in new Buffalo.
1: Yeah. i I well, I opened it well several real you know, reasons, and that's sorry if you ever worked with me in New Buffalo. <laughs> we did a good, we did a, we had a good run, um, and I merged in with a friend up there, um, and I sold my Indiana office to a wonderful friend. And she's doing amazing with it. She's do- doing mm-hmm. ten times what I did with it because she's boots on the ground and passionate about it. My Chicago offices and my this uh, our local Chicagoland community you know, I understand the market. I love it. I can drive to it easy. It's touchable. It's relatable and it's sustainable. And if you're going to expand, you have to expand with people around you. And I never built, I didn't take the time to build. And so Northwest Indiana was a natural expansion for me, except I got so busy here and so good. You know, I will give myself that I got so good here with systems and with people that I should have just let that be somebody else. But I wanted to, you know, wanted the applause of an expansion, thought that the applause would eventually bring money. In reality, same way with Southwest Michigan. And the sad thing was, was, yeah, I thought, wow, what I love this area. I would love to come up here and have fun. You know, I would go up there and and, and I almost didn't want to see the restaurants I couldn't go to because I was working and then had to go back home and then deal with the at home stuff that I'd lost two hours each way of drive time to get to. And everybody's got that something in their life, whether it's, you know, you've picked out, a, um, you know, a, a childcare provider that cancels on you. And so you've got to take care of your own kids sometimes, or whether it's driving to, you know, pick up something that could have been delivered that would have saved you an hour at the grocery store. If you can, you know, do Instacart or something, where is the stupid stuff that you can take away so you can breathe, not so you can add something back on your plate so that you can breathe. And that I mean that's been it, game changer.
0: Yeah, well, and it's kind of like this performance anxiety thing that happens where like performing to alleviate anxiety becomes the motivation rather than like getting present and being okay with yourself and like not letting anxiety run your life.
1: That is it. You know, anxiety was a term that I had no respect for until
0: you let yourself have anxiety. I mean, oh wow!
1: Yeah, you know this is a real thing, and that that was another that was a, another COVID. I wouldn't call it a silver lining; it was a lining of some sort. Um, and it's it. I had had like probably two or three panic attacks in my life, and they were all in the last like four or five years, and it was all related to just you know over over committing and under delivering, or over committing and potentially even seeing down the road that this was it was shouldn't have been committed to in the first place but never anxiety did not understand it, did not respect it. I I was like, this, this, this is somebody that just doesn't want to come into work today, you know, or doesn't want to come to this party or this event. You know, I just never understood it. And then I got it and I'm like, wow. And now the more that I've taken the pause to understand it, I'm like, I wonder if I had it a lot earlier and that was why it took nine glasses of wine to get through a night, you know, at, a, at an mm-hmm. event. And I'm like, uh Oh, maybe you had anxiety a lot earlier and maybe a lot more people, you know, what are the triggers for it? Mine is over committing and then overthinking and you know, how do you take a step back from that? And how are you okay with, how do you make the time to even figure some of this stuff out? Do you need help talking about that? You know, and, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm unwrapping that. unpacking that baggage.
0: Well, I think kind of what we're dancing around here is like how to be a person who grows and expands and has a business and also recognize that you're a person and take care of yourself and like what's actually running the show. Because so often the things that we don't want to admit about ourselves are probably running the show because we're just ignoring it.
1: It's, you know, for me, it's you have to. You know, I've I've done a lot of journaling this year. That was a big thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I think that you know you can you can create a narrative in your mind. You know, or um, you know, you can create a brand that is you know th- that you end up believing your own bullshit. Pardon my language. You know, and that there is a re- there's there's always like there's two sides of every story, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. You know, none of us are perfect. None of our brands are perfect. None of our services or products are perfect but beyond that, you're not perfect. And I just, you know, sitting down there and journaling thoughts and concerns and, you know, changes in life that are going on. Um, you know, those have been, that's been helpful to me. I mean, I'm a work in progress. So this is, you know, if you asked me some of these questions a year ago, the answer would have been, I'm evolving through things. And I think we all are always, but I think the challenge is always checking in with yourself. I would say that checking in with yourself, you know, I, I loved to, and I still love to say, I don't, I don't take anything back training wise that I've said, but I love to say, check in with your money, check in with your money, you know, check in with your database, check in with your money, check in with yourself. I was doing no self check-ins. And so it is, I'm, I'm not, you know, probably taking all the actions at once that I need to, to course, correct. I'm having to take baby steps because I also, there are people that are that are relying on me in business that I can't pull the plug on this instantly or add this instantly or hire another person instantly. There's not money raining down from the sky. Um, and there are only 24 hours in a day. But like you say, if Oprah and Beyonce can do this and build these empires, why, you know, Nick Lybert and Aaron can certainly do, manage their time. And that's where I think the self-check-ins, giving yourself the time to self-check-in and and just instantly saying no to a couple of things that was, if anybody mm-hmm. is listening to this or, or watching this, that's like, yeah. Cause there's been people that are like, Oh, I haven't seen you, you know, here in a while, or I see you're doing, you know, more blogging and, and, you know, what's going on with you. And I'm like, I just t- said no to a couple of things. I just had to take a pause and, you know, maybe it's a day off for yourself to whiteboard, to journal. Those have been my big things. I've always whiteboarded, but the whiteboarding now is also about life. My mm-hmm. vision board used to look like a materialist. Then it started to look like it started to look like finances and empowerment for other people. Still no lifestyle, still no life, still no quality of life. So not a, lifestyle still insinuates assets, quality of yeah. life. What is the quality of life you're building for yourself and the people around you? And if you can't even give yourself the time to journal, to whiteboard division, to um, to read, to let, you know, to learn from other people that are doing it better than you. Um, Aaron, I think you've seen me talk about the book. It's a newer book to me, Think Like a Monk. Mm -hmm. That was, I was already reading it prior. I was already, (laughs) I already knew something was wrong. You know, I already knew something was wrong before that accident. It was just, I wasn't there yet, you know?
0: Well, you know, just for whatever it's worth, like you're not the first person to have this experience. And it's so common that like, you could probably find a million books about having the car accident or having that moment or having the heartbreak or whatever it is. And the thing that we yearn for is often awful, often also the thing that we avoid. Yeah. So if you yearn for closeness with human beings, you might be a hermit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a human nature is, is a weird, it's, a, but you, yeah, you just have to, I think you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes it takes other Mm -hmm. people, you know, at talk to talking to other people, to me, you know, having my sitting there and showing my friend project, I was white, the white paper for project X, I was proudly typing it out and, you know, telling them about it. And that what, and I have a couple other friends that are great in branding and in HR and in, business building and finance and, you know, all these great people, the one that sits there and really says the one sentence that he, well, if you take, if you take something off your plate, you can't put something else back on. That's pointless. I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like your friend. I
1: have and some I have good people. That's a good people. And that's, um, that is another thing that's been very helpful through this process is, you know, masterminding with people. Um, some of them are online. Some of them I've never met. You know, and other Mm -hmm. ones are people that I sit around and talk about, you know, regular stuff and have fun with, but the, the mastermind, and that's why I'm excited to kind of get more in relation with you as your coaching business expands and builds, because I mean, I've, I've always gotten a great rapport with you. And I always, I I always knew that you and I had a good vibe and and we, we had the same values, but it's like, now that you're, you and I are both manifesting them and growing and, you know, the pandemic was, was a, was a big shock for everybody, but I think both of us are, are taking something out of it. And it's good. And and mine will be, this journey is, is ongoing for me. And uh, I can't wait to check back in hopefully and, and, and uh, see where, see where we're at and what we're learning and growing on.
0: I mean, we, we're not losing touch. Don't worry, but we're kind of wrapping up. And before we do, I have two questions I try to ask everybody. One is, what is the worst advice you've ever gotten?
1: Ooh, the, ooh, God, because I love talking about the advice that was great. The worst advice, oh, my God, I've got to think about that one for a second. Give me the second question, and I'll come back to
0: that. No, you come back to the bad advice.
1: Yeah, I can't, because I'm trying to, you know, I, I honestly, I probably, you know, if I hear something that didn't work in hindsight. You know I mean? I I sit, I sit there and love to talk about the stuff that has worked. I mean, my own advice, honestly, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) my my own actions were the worst um, advice. I I mean, I think was it advice or was it more, you know, people showing me by action? Well, yeah, let me put it to you this way. Um, I have a, a friend you know let's call it that i have i've had several people around me in their in the way that they do business or the, the way they they treat people in their personal lives that made it clear that even relationships are transactions everything is transactional mm. i had and this i'm going to i'm going to say it this way he said it pretty close to this um i had a guy look at me and you know he he made fun of me um, that I do the events and all this other stuff. And I've been doing them and they've been working for years. So it, but it still rattled me for a second. He goes, you're ridiculous. He's like, you know, you're, this is a, you're running a fraternity over there with all your friends and all your, you know, your agents and you hang out together too much. He goes, my business is wonderful. I can close the door at night and I don't have to pick up the phone. It's nine to five. I'm transactional. Everything in life is transactional. And I got to tell you, (laughs) being being the jerk I am, I go on his Instagram and I go everywhere else and I'm like, you look miserable. And this guy pays for all his leads and, and, you know, churn and burn. And this was, you know, a while ago. And then it ended up that, you know, we had a conversation recently and the pandemic killed his business. His business was down 70% and mine was up 50%. Twenty twenty to twenty nineteen to twenty twenty and twenty twenty to twenty one and up another fifty percent, and I'm spending less than ever, less than ever.
0: Yeah,
1: and it. But on the personal side, I've seen people. No one has said that it's a transaction to me. You know that I don't. I don't have friends to do that. Um, but it really. On the personal side, I see that same mindset, and everything in life is a relationship. Um, I've learned that over time that you know, my vendors, um, my my mortgage lenders, that's a relationship. You know, if you're not asking Mm -hmm. them what's going on in their personal life, if you're not checking in with them in general, and not have it be not at this point, I don't expect anything out of you by being a good person and vice versa. Um, I think that good things, it's the law of attraction. You know, it's good things will come but it's not going to necessarily be point A to point B. It's an overall vibe. It's an energy. And that was a learned trait for me. I didn't pop out positive poly, you know, and just trying to love on everybody and help everybody out. I just over the years realized the relationships that I did have were good. Some, some self-awareness, some self-evaluation at times, the relationships I had were good, operated differently. And they weren't transactional. And there are people that are transactional in their personal life, whether it's sex, whether it's fun, whether, you know, everything has to be this. I need this from you in order to do this for you. And I'm like, I'm just not that good at math. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, life is not about transactions. It's about experiences. And if you can find some good people to do them with, you'll probably end up making some money together. You'll probably end up helping each other out on a personal level. Some of my favorite, you know, experiences with, clients that have turned into friends, you know, have been us helping each other out on a personal level, nothing to do with real estate or what they do primarily either. You know, I've had people help me out of binds and vice versa. Um, And just personal stuff, you know, that surprised me. It surprised me, but yeah, life, life is not a transaction at all.
0: That's I mean, that is some terrible, terrible advice from that (laughs) dude. And I'm, and I'm sorry that he's so miserable and I'm not surprised by that. You know, like, as you said, everything is relationship. Yeah. Um, so the last question that I have, which I think your answer is going to be very interesting. How will you know when you've succeeded?
1: Ooh, how will I know? Well, I will know I will know this much is it's not going to be a, a dollar amount anymore. It's not going to be a dollar amount anymore. Um, my vision board still absolutely has some numbers up there because I, I do like to track things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like to track things, but it will be... I think it's going to be, honestly, it'll probably be when I'm dead. I think I, that sounds so, you know, it will be, I will start to feel like I will be, it will be the impact on other people. It will really be when somebody turns around and says, Nick, I put my kids through college because you sold me that house in 2001 and it's now 2040, you know, and I, and I took the equity out. Or are we paying for, you know, I want to see the impact, not of the immediate impact. Oh, Aaron likes, you know, Aaron likes the condo I sold her. Awesome. No, I want to hear about what, you know, Aaron did with the money 20 years from now to fund a charity. I want to Mm -hmm. see, I would like to see Exit Realty, my offices of Exit, build Habitat houses. Not throw some money at it, but physically go out and sweat and build some Habitat for Humanity houses. I set that as a goal for twenty twenty. Like so many of us, you know, we we got we got off track. Um, I think that's also kind of an excuse because now we haven't done as as much in general this year with that organization or with with some of our other ones. We have got to get back on that. I would like to see impacts that don't that where I've done something that then they did something like the compound effect, but also that it's it is it's going way beyond me. It's a, it's a multiplier. It's an aggregator of action.
0: So I hear success for you is legacy.
1: Yeah, at this, I mean, that, and you could have not told me five years ago that at all. And I, shows we're getting older, Aaron. <laughs> I mean,
0: or mature, More or mature. have gone through therapy, or <laughs> willing to do a little bit of evaluation.
1: Legacy, and I, you know, I want it to be enjoyable for me to an extent. I'm, you know, I love, I love to work. I love to work. Don't anybody get the fact that I, you know, that I want a quality of life. To mean that I don't like to work. I love I love what I do, and that that won't change. But I want to I want to enjoy it. But I want to have other people around me enjoying it. It's going to be a legacy at this point. It's mm-hmm. I'm not saying I've made all the money I need. I would you know this this condo could use several upgrades right now, and it's getting only some of them. But it really is about um, at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. I I I like nice stuff. Not gonna lie, not I like nice stuff. Can't take it with you. But yeah. it would be I would like to to leave a legacy of empowerment and of people The rising tides lift all boats. So let's 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 leave it with that. Rising tides lift all boats. And if I can know that the tide rose a little bit, that'll be enough.
0: That's so awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for doing this. Really I, just, cool. <laughs> I mean, I love talking with you. I'm glad we got to hang out. It's been so long.
1: Yeah, this was really, really. this is not where I thought this would go either.
0: <laughs> I You're knew welcome. The heck I,
1: this is, I have done so many of the business ones and I, you know, and they're fun and they get technical and they, but this was fascinating. I can't wait to, see you know what you what you find a value in it and um it'll be it'll be a good one to share because i think i this is not i don't people don't ask these questions you know this is not the questions people ask but they should be asking these questions and i wish i'd listened to podcasts like this you know um you're welcome yeah. <laughs> there's, there's
0: 20 of them now
1: <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna listen to them i love it
0: this Is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio.